we come now to some reflections, a message on Psalm 63. And we've had a bit of a series going. This is our fifth message from the Psalms. And so let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, I pray that you will soften our hard hearts and unstop our deaf ears to hear your living word afresh this morning. Now, a week ago or so, I was reading Psalm 63 as part of my quiet time. I wasn't preparing a sermon and I wasn't using this to lead devotions. It was just part of my personal prayer time. And it's such a lovely psalm to spend time in, just to dwell and to soak up God's love, his acceptance and forgiveness. And of the many verses that struck me, the one that stood out was verse 7. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. And I was thinking, normally when we refer to shadows, it's always in the negative. But this is a wonderfully positive use of the word shadow. So I wondered where else in the Bible shadows were used. And so this morning we're going to pick up on that theme and see where it takes us. Now shadows, think about when shadows are normally used in a conversation. Someone living in the shadow of a volcano, are they in a good place? No, not really, are they? Just need a rumble or two and and they're very dangerous. So living in the shadow of a volcano is not a very good thing. What about this? If a previous CEO casts a long shadow over the company, we know that any new CEO, any new boss will struggle because of that long shadow. You may have missed this, and it's probably a good thing, but there has been a TV show called What We Do in the Shadows. It's a New Zealand comedy show to do with vampires, what we do in the shadows. So in everyday language, shadows often have a negative meaning. And there's a similar dark side in the Bible. Many of us are familiar with the suffering of Job, and there's a book in the Bible named after Job. Twelve times he refers to his troubles as being in the shadows. And then there's the valley or the land or the gates of the shadow of death. Have you heard of that? The valley of the shadow of death? Most famously, well known in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are with me. And so even though the Bible depicts the valley of the shadow of death as a grim place, a place to be feared, but when the valley of the shadow of death is used in the Bible, it's always about God rescuing us, protecting us, being with us. So in the Bible, even though shadows are used in a negative way, there's always a positive outcome. So with Job, even though he talked about living in the shadow lands, We know that at the end of the story, he was rescued by God. And in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's the next part which is wonderful. I will fear no evil because you are with me. So that's just a brief summary of how shadows are used in the Bible in a negative sense. And we often see them describing a grim situation, but it's followed mostly by God rescuing us. But then there's all the positive uses of the word shadow, where shadows are to be enjoyed and not feared. And there's an interesting change in words. There's another word for shadow, 
that's often used that's very positive. Do you know what that word is? It's the word shade. Shade's positive, isn't it? We, we like having a shade cloth because it protects us from the sun. Have you ever heard of a shadow cloth? Sounds a bit grim, doesn't it? A little bit creepy. <laughs> so we use the word shade in a very positive way. And so the Bible uses the word shade in, in, in a positive way. You may remember the story of Elijah. And he's on the run from the wicked queen Jezebel. And he escapes into the desert to find refuge. But it's hot. It's the noonday sun. And he's so discouraged and tired, he finds shade under a juniper tree until an angel comes to assist him, to rescue him. So there's a number of places where God uses the word shade, whether it be under a tree or from a large rock, as a sense of protection. And it's a sense of protection too that the phrase, the shadow of your wings, that we pick up in Psalm 63. The shadow of your wings is used four times in the Bible, all the times in the Psalms. I'll read you the four verses, they're very short. See if there's one that's a favourite for you. Psalm 17, 8. Keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me in the shadow of your wings. It's lovely, isn't it? When we look to Christ, we become the apple of God's eye in the same way that a grandchild can become the apple of our eye. Psalm 36, 7. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. Isn't that nice? doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. doesn't matter whether you have a strong reputation or a weak reputation. doesn't matter what you've done. Both high and low can find shelter in the shadow of the wings of God. Psalm 57, 1. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. That's encouraging, isn't it? When life gets grim, we can find shelter under the wings of God until disaster passes. And the last use in Psalm is Psalm 63, verse 7, which we've heard. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. Now these shadows, this wonderful use of the word shadows uh, in the Bible, is different from the shadow of a broom tree or a rock because the shadow of your wings is a lot more proactive. It's not just a rock or a tree sitting there. It's an image of a mother bird who protects her chicks by scooping them up under her wings. At the slightest sign of danger, the chicks scurry under their mother's wings and are protected, not just from the heat of the sun, but for any birds of prey that are flying nearby. And this is such a great encouragement to us as we look to Christ, as we have confidence in him, as we spend time in his Bible, as we spend time praying. Jesus becomes our shelter and protection in a time of trouble. Let me tell you a story about how this works. One night a farmer was awakened by a loud crash and a roar. The farmer stumbled out of bed and into the farmyard and was amazed to see his barn on fire. Much later, after the sun had long risen and the fire had burnt itself out, the farmer began to shift through the ashes. And there he saw the blackened, charred remains of a hen. And the farmer nudged the burnt head with his foot, and to his surprise he heard faint noises. 
he flipped the hen over with his boot and out came five small chicks. You see, the chicks had remained safe under the shadow of their mother's wings while she had given up her life for her chicks. And it's the same with Christ. Like the mother hen giving up her life to save her chicks, so Jesus gave up his life to save us from sin and death and the fires of hell. However, though Jesus suffered and died in such a very cruel way, that's not the end of the story, is it? We know that Jesus was resurrected three days later, raised from the dead. And because he was raised from the dead, because he died for us, we are invited to take refuge under the shadow of Christ's wings. No wonder we can sing for joy, for both the high and the low are invited to Christ. Yes, to all who look to Jesus in faith, become the apple of their heavenly Father's eye. But there's also a warning with this, because many do not take up the shelter or the offer of shelter and protection in God's love. Let us not be like the people of Jerusalem who refused Jesus' invitation. And you may remember back to Matthew chapter 23, just a week or so before he was crucified, And Jesus was entering Jerusalem for the last time. And just before he did, he stood on the Mount of Olives and he looked across to Jerusalem. And in Matthew 23, verse 37, he said this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. You see, in the city of Jerusalem, both the high and the low, the rich and the poor, the religious and the non-religious, They were all invited to take refuge under the shadow of Christ's wings, but most of the people of Jesus' day refused. And it is the same today. Many are invited to Christ, but few take up the offer. My encouragement to you today is take up the offer that Jesus gives to us, extends to us. Don't be one of those many who refuse Christ. Be one of the few that come humbly to him to find shelter under his wings. Then when you do, you will find yourself singing a new song, a song of joy, freedom, and everlasting life. Let's pray.